Hello and welcome to Grain Insight, a CN update on getting your grain to market. I'm Kate Fenske from CN Public Affairs, and joining me again is David Shidnovic. David, the canola processing industry in Western Canada has grown significantly over the past few decades. Can you give us a bit of an overview? Well, it wasn't long ago that Richardson and Louis Dreyfus announced plans at the same time to each build a crush plant at Yorkton. Now was 2006. Now, before those two plants came online, canola crush capacity in Canada was around 3.4 million tonnes, and the canola crop was less than 10. Today, with additional crush capacity coming online at multiple existing facilities through both expansion and efficiency improvement, plus the construction of Cargill's facility at Camrose, annual canola crush is more like 9 plus million tonnes and growing, and now canola production is around 20 million tonnes. Out east, you have facilities in Windsor, Hamilton, and Beconcourt, and there are also canola crush plants south of the Manitoba border. And the crush in western Canada is exclusively canola, while the plants out east can swing between canola and soybeans. What do logistics look like at a typical crush plant? Well, most of the canola seed sourced by a crush plant in western Canada is delivered by truck, and the canola oil and meal is shipped out by rail. Now, canola oil is also processed into biodiesel at certain facilities, so you basically have three main end products of canola crush. Complicating things is that oil isn't oil. Different types of oil are generally produced within a plant, and each uses its own fleet of tankers, so that adds complications to logistics depending on what they're crushing for at the time. Meal is meal, although it can be pelletized or not. Some markets prefer pellets, while others don't, but most plants pelletize now. Oh, and don't forget that canola isn't just canola either. You have conventional canola and Nexera canola. What about some of the rail logistics around a crush plant? So most crush facilities are dual-served, and customers supply their own hoppers and tanker cars for Western Canada. Plants typically have their own locomotive or trackmobile to move cars around within the plant, and you typically have separate meal and oil loadout tracks. Plant yards can get congested when a plant's trying to hold cars in order to ship out a unit train of meal. Storage capacity for meal and oil is also limited at some plants, meaning they need to be serviced frequently to avoid plugging. In some cases, crush capacity has been expanded at a plant without any concurrent storage or track capacity expansion. Some plants weren't built for the Unitrain meal market, and they're trying to fit into that space now. So besides the growth in crush capacity and production, how else has the crush industry changed? So the main trade flows for canola meal originating in Western Canada are to feed West Coast export demand as well as the U.S. dairy industry in states such as California, Texas, and Wisconsin. The Unitrain business has really grown and markets have shifted. For spots like California and Texas, CN delivers unit trains to interchange and to connecting carriers that take the product the rest of the way. The Eastern market still much more of a small receiver market, although this is changing somewhat too. Uh, Now, meal demand from China has grown, meaning more of an emphasis on West Coast shipping. One interesting development last year was Raymont Logistics opening up a container stuffing facility in Prince Rupert, capable of receiving unit trains, and the canola crush industry in Western Canada has taken advantage of this new supply chain. In terms of oil, you have steady growth in the North American market, as well as oil shipments to Vancouver to spots like West Coast Reduction on the South Shore of Vancouver, as well as Pacific Coast Terminals in Port Moody. Being able to leverage revenue cap regulated rates for movement to port for meal and oil also supports strong profitability relative to other destinations for those processors. And David, how is canola crush profitability measured? The canola board crush margin, which is comprised of an oil and meal contribution and a seed cost, doesn't include fixed or variable production costs. Actual margins are affected by a whole host of different factors. The calculation is based on a 40 to 60 oil and meal contribution per ton of canola seed and is adjusted to Canadian dollars. 
So the average board crush margin for the 1718 crop year was $68 per ton, and it peaked at 95 back in March. So a crush plant running at 3,000 tons per day would have an average board crush margin of just over $200,000 a day. Thanks for your time, David, and thanks for listening to Grain Insight, an update from CN.